Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I just don't, I don't see how we can justify that as a, as a performance. Regard like injuries, I get it, but Brighton have got plentiful of injuries at the moment as well. Um, the lack of sort of real fight, real effort in that first half in particular has really rankled me. It's really stuck with me. Um, it's so strange because it just seems so unlike everything that we've seen from Ange so far, right? Um, and we've seen that they're in there because we've seen in those in those final stages. Some people are saying, yeah, Brighton just dropped off a bit because they were so far ahead. Yeah, I can take that to a degree. But at the same time, I don't. At the same time, I see, I see us actually working for one another, moving about, creating options for one another, passing the ball around with some kind of verve, players running with the ball, running at opposition players. It just it's a strange one. It's a really it's a really strange one, really strange performance and really really frustrating, really irritating. Um because we could have capitalized on you know teams around us not doing as well as they maybe could have done. Um we're still sort of in touching distance of the teams at the top. And yeah, we got no right to go down to Brighton and and take all three points. I understand that, but when we're sort of falling back on, yeah, but we've got injuries. Brighton have got loads of injuries as well. Brighton are missing some of their best players. I've got, look, I've got to say, in fairness, right, they've gone 2-0 up and that was fair enough. Their third goal was an absolute worldie. It was an absolute screamer. Um, there was no stopping that. It was it was unbelievable. Um, and that really, you know, I think that really compounded the misery, didn't it? It really... I don't know, it changed the complexion of the game somewhat, didn't it? When you when you feel that you've almost, I think maybe until their first goal, we dominated the game, we've looked good. To have them kind of score against, I would say the runner play. I would say it was against the runner play. And then to get the penalty, which was a penalty, annoying. Um, stupid from Kulisevsky, that really... I mean, I would say that we see shirt pulls all the time in the Premier League. But yeah, I do admit that one was pretty blatant, pretty obvious. Um, so they've gotten the penalty. I still sort of feel like that's that should be galvanising. That should be the galvanising moment for the team. Not going 4-0 down. Not suddenly at 4-0 down thinking, yeah, let's have this. Let's have a go. Um Absolutely, just just a rancid performance, I think. And I do think Ange has to take some culpability in that. I think his game management was poor. I think the timing of the subs was a bit bizarre. Um, coming out, coming out for the second half, completely the same when it clearly wasn't working. We had no toward the end of that first half. We had absolutely no foothold in that game whatsoever. It looked like the tail end of the game against Everton. We were just really, really floundering, not doing anything at all. Not making changes at half-time was strange. I mean, I, I get it. I've, I've seen people debating this already on Twitter. Some saying, well, he doesn't want to be reactive. 
Maybe sometimes he needs to be. And I think we've, we've seen that and we've commended him for that at the start of the season when he's made some reactive subs. And he doesn't have anyone on the bench. He's, he does because he's, he's shown that he does because he brought them on for the for the tail end of the game and we looked a lot better. We suddenly looked like we had more of an idea, more of a plan, more of a sort of sense of what we were doing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's really bizarre. It's really bizarre. We were the thing is as well. You know what? We were actually quite wasteful with opportunities. Richarlison probably could have done better with some of the opportunities that, that went his way. Um, I don't really want to. I I think he was like one of the least culpable this evening so I don't do you know what I mean I don't want that to sound like it falls upon his shoulders my ire um I take it mostly with I think like Pierre Mahoybier in that first half first half in particular was a, an absolute shambles um Tony Starks has said I don't mean this confrontationally but the Hoiberg stuff from you is weird man I mean that that is quite confrontational Tony I'm not gonna lie mate um there were four worse players than him on the pitch at least we got better because he took off the players who were doing nothing. No, I, I don't agree with you at all, mate, on that whatsoever. I think Hoybier absolutely hid in that first half. I think he played at a canter. Don't think he, as ever, he never makes himself available for a pass. He doesn't like to be put under pressure. Waves his arms around, blames those around him. For their first goal, he literally just let the lad run past him. Didn't do anything at all. You know, I'm I'm not having it. He 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 plays in such a crucial part in this team, such a crucial part of this system that everyone's sort of blaming Emerson Royale and Davis for that. They had like next to no no coverage from Hoybier at all, and that's that's literally why we're putting him in the team. Um, I think if if it's if it's if that's the case, just just be pro. We hear about Ange and how proactive he is and how you know caution to the wind he is in his in his you know approach why isn't he starting Lacelso and Saar for example we've seen we've seen what happens with Hoybier time after time after time there's no rhythm to the team when he's on the pitch it's just it's it's just a waste let's just get rid of him um uh Darren says stinky performance um Nick Shipley says, lack of cover is huge. Um, didn't really look up to it. Mickey Bobbin says they look super tired. Yep, I agree with that. Um, Spurs Simpson saying Son was very off deck. He struggled. I'm sort of torn between... I, some people were saying Son's preserving himself for the Asian Cup. I don't agree with that. I don't think Sonny does that to Tottenham personally. He, I just think there's every chance that he's just maybe a bit tired. Um, and I also do think we sort of are starting to see that we see the best from him when he plays up top. I know he's had a couple of good performances playing out on the left, and I know it's partly to do with facilitating Richarlison, but I still like seeing Sonny up top. I would have liked to have seen Sonny, more Sonny through the middle today, playing against this Brighton defence, which was makeshift as ours was as well, you know. Um Louis F says, to be honest, it looked like they didn't fancy it at all until it became humiliating. Then they woke up to avoid humiliation. It was utter crap. Yeah, I, I agree, Louis, mate. I, that's why I'm sort of annoyed that we did manage to 
turn up and actually make it. And I, do you know what? I, honestly speaking, I thought we might. I thought we might get the draw. I actually did when it went four two up, and I could see that Brighton were absolutely just playing on fumes at that point, and were clearly bricking it the second we started putting pressure onto them. I did actually think we might get it. Um, we needed to get one of those chances. Villiers had that lovely little moment where he, it was a lovely touch and a lovely bit of control in the box and Brighton were just just onto it, just smart enough to stop him from getting his shot off. Um, but that could have been his second goal and that you know would have been Spurs' third. And I wouldn't have been surprised if we went and got it from there. Um, but, you know, we were still a little bit sloppy, still a bit profligate with the opportunities that we were creating for ourselves. You know, it was it was frustrating. It was really irritating. Um, Drew Spencer says, "Ugh, um, where did it go? Oh, the, sorry, the things have just uh, the comments just refresh, so it pushes it all to the top." Um, Drew Spencer says, "Oh, that was really hard to watch. Gave away terrible goals, squandered great chances. We looked lazy for most of the game. Yeah, maybe." Um, Maybe. Hacker um, says, Dan Kilpatrick says, we're Vibes FC. Um, <laughs> he says, I disagree. We're Vibrator FC and we've run out of batteries. I'll let you, uh, you know, expand on that metaphor if you want, Hacker. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm with you there, mate. Um, Nick Shipley asks, was that a dunk red card? Absolutely. Absolutely a red card. Some cowardly officiating there. It's because Spurs have scored the goal. They don't want to compound that with a red card for Brighton. It's a stonewall red card. We've had we've had two that are exactly the same as that. We've had Romero against Chelsea, which is exactly the same as that dunk one. If not, not even as bad as the dunk one. Um, and then we've had the, the Basuma one, which is sort of similar, I think. Um absolutely a red card and do you know what at the time the thing is I was booting off about it at the time when we're 4-1 down and I'm not sat there thinking well you know this is going to change the game we're going to go and draw this 4-2 but then when we see the way the game turned out after that point it could have made the difference a red card for dunk that and it was a red card it absolutely was a red card and this isn't whatever I mean I know like I've I've gone on about the sort of Stuff about Spurs, the subconscious kind of bias against us since the Liverpool game. Um, I don't even think this buys into that. I think this is just more about the absolute inconsistency with officiating in the Premier League. It, it just is so is so perplexing to me that we have VAR. We have something like VAR, which is supposed to... Okay, it does create some issues, but it's supposed to iron out a lot of issues. Why are we still seeing subjective calls constantly? And I know the point is that VAR is still run by human beings, whatever. But if we are going to... It just feels like we're, we're working backwards here. We've added something like VAR. And I, sure, I get it. You know, like, people are only human. We can't think of every single eventuality. But when there's a precedent that's been set by VAR one week, surely... Surely that gets written down, like etched into stone for all other VAR teams to follow subsequently. So why are we still seeing differing decisions week by week that are going to VAR? 
it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. It's just another way in which VAR is shit. And it's such... I get it. I get this conversation is tedious. It's boring for everybody. But it's true, isn't it? Just get rid of it. Um, uh, Brian DeSacco says, Cowardly from Johnson, Hoybier and Royale especially. Hoybier just doesn't have the legs or the ability to play Angie's way. Agree with that part. Um, I don't know if Royale was cowardly, to be honest, mate. I'm not sure I agree with that. I just think he's kind of been shown up not only for not being a centre-back, but also having next to no coverage in front of him. I think Hoybier's absolutely thrown him under the bus. Um, so I, I'm sort of hesitant to really go in on Royale, given that he's stepped up every single time he's been asked to do so and playing in different positions and things. I don't think cowardly is the word I'd use. Johnson, um, again, cowardly feels a bit charged, doesn't it? But he does seem to be lacking confidence. He seems to be... It's funny, he's taking it... Like, he, he burst onto the scene at Spurs, clearly keen to make an impression. He looked very exciting, very dynamic, very quick. Looked like he could cause opposition players a problem. And then it feels like things haven't quite gone his way for the past couple of weeks. And he's sort of disappearing into his shell a little bit. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But there's almost shades of Sessegnon there with it. Um, Another player who I think has, and I've gone on about on here before, has a lot of ability, but often is held back by his own hesitancy. Um, And it feels like Johnson at times is just overthinking things a little bit. He He had that one cross that clearly was just hit on instinct that flashed across the face of goal that Richarlison couldn't quite get on the end of. So we know he's got it in his locker. We know that there's that that there is that there is that capacity in Johnson to play with instinct, to play with a bit of verve. Um but I think at times when he when he has a bit too much time to think about what he's doing Prime example of that being, I think it was actually, ironically enough, given how much I've dug him out, I think Hoybier played the ball over the top um, that split the defence and Johnson got on the end of it and just did, just dithered with it, just dithered when really he should have gotten a shot off, um, a shot on target, should have troubled the goalkeeper, let's say that. So I think he did get a shot off and it came into the defender or something, didn't he? But he should have troubled the goalkeeper with that opportunity. Um, and it was it was annoying. Grant Ecosonic says we were utterly careless at the back and pretty careless up front. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough to say sort of whether or not we were utterly careless at the back or if it's just players who are playing out of position getting exposed a bit. Um, I do again think that, you know, I do think that Hoybier again. I do just think it, having him in the team, it just it undermines a lot of what we're trying to do. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It would just. It was just irritating. It was an irritating night, an irritating performance, and we're better than that, and we know we're better than that. Um, but it shows us really it makes the point that Ange has been making in this pre-match press conference that we need more players. We need to bring in players 
as soon as we can in January. Because the options we have available to us aren't good enough, clearly. And clearly isn't as much an advocate for giving youth a chance as we were maybe led to believe. I feel like that was part of the sort of package with Ange Postacoglu is likely to have a go with some younger players. It feels like he doesn't really fancy it. I think he cancelled Donnelly's substitution, which, you know, fair enough, but not still being so hesitant with Dorrington and Phillips. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not fully all in on the idea that they definitely should have started and it's on him that they didn't and it's you know I still do stand by a lot of the idea that it's it's dangerous potentially to throw young players into into games like this when there's a lot of pressure on them um because it's somewhat unfair isn't it I I do think, however, that watching that back tonight, the case has to be there for maybe one of them getting some minutes now because I don't know. It just does. It feels like that's that's an opportunity. FA Cup, right? We've got the FA Cup coming up. I know we got Bournemouth first. FA Cup. Give them a go in that. I know we want to stay in the FA Cup and I know I'll probably be one of the first to be complaining that he's thrown the FA Cup and all that type of thing. But, you know, it just doesn't feel good. I'm just checking. I've just seen that West Ham are still 2-0 up against Arsenal, which kind of softens the blow of this a little bit. I know now I've said that on the 85th minute that Arsenal are probably going to go and win 3-2. When I came upstairs to start recording this, they were still 2-0 up and I said to the lads on WhatsApp, they're still going to win this 3-2, so let's not let's not celebrate that one yet. Um, what What says, gutted, annoyed, but I remember me and everyone saying there will be growing pains and bad results at the beginning of the season and that was before injuries. We will be okay, just might have to suffer. Yeah, I mean, I do get that. I do get the idea of there being growing pains, but... It's just it's frustrating when we have started the season so well. And I know this is partly down to injuries. It's largely down to injuries, really, let's be honest. It's just frustrating, isn't it, that we've got Manchester City having an an iffy season, nobody really running away with it at this point. And I think we're all just sat there thinking, you know, again, could this have been the opportunity? But, you know... You can't really think that way because we got injuries and that's just what happens, you know. That that's part of the course and it's annoying and you know that's that, isn't it? That's that. Um Mark Lobley says PH was fine, why do you expect so much from him? I because I, I don't think he was fine. I don't I don't think it's expecting so much from somebody that, you know, they can at least do a halfway decent job. And I, I don't think he does. That's, you know, and I've been, I would say I've been consistent on this since my 2020, really, um, before it was a popular take. So, you know, um, I don't know. 
um, been asked by OSR, you really think Davis has been bad? To me, he seems the only player at the back who seems comfortable at all. No, I haven't said at any point. I think quite the opposite. I've been saying for weeks that I think Davis has been really, really good. Um, you know, I think, okay, my point was that the players at the back who are playing out of position are maybe getting exposed a little bit. But I don't think that's saying Davis has been bad. I think it's just the reality of the you know what's happening here. That Davis can maybe play a a decent role alongside somebody like Romero or Van de Ven or whatever. But when it it's him and Royale playing alongside one another, I don't think they're doing one another any favors really. Um, it's you know it's is what it is. But I no, I think Davis has been you know pretty amazing um, for the for the time. Um, I don't know. Um, Darren says Son shouldn't play on the left. Yeah, I, 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 I largely agree, to be honest, mate, but I think it is mostly us just facilitating Richarlison, isn't it? Which, you know, it feels kind of like, why are we removing one of our best players from what I think is probably his best position to facilitate Richarlison? I know we're light on personnel, but... I mean, I was going to say, I think I think Brian Hill did okay when he came on, um, but I don't know if he's the answer either. To be honest, it's just it's it's it's, it's a frustrating evening. It's a frustrating result. Um, you know, what can we do really? You know, it's just it is what it is. Um, Bournemouth are looking very good as well, so I don't think that game's going to be straightforward either. We might just have to ride this one out and just hope we can get, bring some signings in. Let's uh, let's do the players. Let's do the players. Because I, I realise I'm just sort of ranting here and it feels like, you know, people are getting annoyed with me, getting annoyed with each other in the comments is what it is, you know. We're all just pissed off, aren't we? Because Spurs have lost at the end of the day. Lost 4-2 and it's shit seeing your team lose that much. Um... Let's do the players, though. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/spoken today. Giuliano Vicario, um, just amazing. I know he's letting four goals. Um, I think some people have blamed him. Said he was a bit, you know, quaver-wristed for the first goal. I think that's unfair. I think it was just a, you know, bit of a pile driver into the back of the net, pretty close range. Don't really think he could have done anything with the third goal. Penalties, you know, is what it is. But some of the saves he's pulled off. Um, when it was still nil-nil, that save he pulled off was unbelievable. He's pulled off a, a number of decent saves to reduce the scoreline tonight, to be honest. Um, it's sort of, it's it's pretty poignant timing given that Lloris is, 
probably on his way out of the club in the next few days. But I, I honestly think Vicario, what I've seen of him already, he I think he stands head and shoulders as probably the best keeper in this period already, thus far anyway, best keeper I've ever seen at Spurs in my life. And Lloris has been an unbelievable club servant. He has been, and he's done it for a long time. But he's also had a lot of wobbles in that time. And I think we've extended him a lot of courtesy because he's been such a good player for us when we've waxed and waned throughout various different periods. I think Vicario is something else. I think Vicario is just a more complete player than Lloris has ever been. Um, I think, you know, Lloris is kind of shot-stopping which was his major strength, really, his cat-like reflexes. I think Vicario's got two. Um, and added to on top of that, Vicario can claim the ball in the air. Luis has never been able to do that. He can actually play out from the back. Luis has never been able to do that. He can kick the ball. He can distribute the ball pretty nicely. You know, I just think he's got so much more to him than, than Luis ever had, and that feels harsh. And maybe the comparison doesn't need to be made, but it's what often happens in football, isn't it? He's he's an unbelievable player. What a, what a fantastic piece of business. Um, and it's the sort of goalkeeper that wins his shit, really. You know? Um, I think he's just an astonishing player. Hopefully. Hopefully we've got him, what is he, 27, 28? He's a lot older than I thought he was and a lot of other people thought he was. I thought we were getting like a 23, 24-year-old keeper. Um, he is coming into his prime, so hopefully we've just signed him at the right time that he's not going to get poached from us. I mean, you can never rule out a Madrid or somebody when they fancy having a goalkeeper saying, here's 80 mil for him. But I, I'm not sure I see that happening. I think he might be our boy. Um, and, you know, like I say, what is he, 27, 28, I think? Let me just double check that now. 27 years old. There's every chance he's playing for nearly nearly another decade, you know, playing till he's about 35. So, you know, Italian keepers, if they've got one thing, Italian keepers, it's longevity. They've, they've demonstrated that on many an occasion before. So, you know, Vicario could be, could be a real one for us for a long time. Emerson Royale, look, I know we've sort of covered him off a bit. People are giving him a lot of pelters. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he wasn't great, but he's been asked to do a job that he's, you know, not comfortable with doing, right? He's he's not a centre-back. He's given it his best shot at every possible opportunity. Um, you know, I, I, I just think, fine. I, I, you know, I don't think he has, I don't think he had much protection. Again, I've said that already, but... I, I'm just, I don't really want to, you know, jump in on him because I think he's, I think he's been okay. Sorry if I'm, if I'm getting a bit distracted. I'm just checking to see what Arsenal are doing. They're still two 0 down. Ninety six minutes. I mean, this, it's, 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 it's awful. It's awful. And I know people say you should just concentrate on Spurs, but I, for me, and for many other Spurs fans, I don't think it works that way. I think. Arsenal's pain, Tottenham's pleasure. These these two things just go hand in hand, right? And them obviously knowing that they are <laughs> fucking up an opportunity to put further distance between themselves and Manchester City and what have you. 
It's pretty beautiful. It's pretty because I can't. We cannot be having Arsenal win the league. And it's also it's a nice sort of side story here to Declan Rice losing his first game against West Ham as well. Um, I dare say that has been part of their motivation in this. Anyway, Emerson Royale, fine. Pedro Porro, not one of his best performances tonight. But again, how much of that is on him? I don't know, really. I don't know. Um, He's... uh, Apparently, hang on. Apparently, Declan Rice has just given away a penalty, but they've missed it. That's well annoying. Um, so Ben Rama, what are you doing, lad? What are you doing? That would have been the perfect little cherry on top, though, wouldn't it? Uh, Pedro Porro, look, fine. I think he was trying to make stuff happen. A couple of decent deliveries in there. Um, I guess he was probably more just concerned. He was pinned back a bit by having to babysit for the defence. Um, I think I would probably say also the same of Destiny Doggy. Um, didn't see the best from him until later on in the game when we were throwing caution to the wind and we were just going with it. It's, um, you know, it's fine. I think those two are, look, we look, we don't need to, I don't think we're going to f- find out much about Pedro Porro or Destiny or Doggy in a game like this. We know how good they are. We know how important both of those players are to this team. They were They were fine. Um, ben Davis, again, I've sort of spoken about him already. I think he was fine. Piero Mohoibier, look, let's just be amicable about this and just say, as I said in the in the preview to the game, he's a good player who is playing in a system that highlights all of his weaknesses and amplifies all of his weaknesses, if anything. So, it's to be expected Give him a break. We're probably going to sell him to Juventus in the next few days. And then we can say goodbye and not have to worry about it anymore. Fine. And I'm sure he'll do amazingly in the Serie A. And somebody will send me a video of an amazing defense spitting pass or a screamer that he scores. Fine. I I know he has this in his locker. But at the same time, it just doesn't work for Spurs. I think he saps just life from the team, from the way we play. I don't want to see it. Like, everyone digs out Skip. Everyone loves going in on Skip. I think the team looks miles better when Skip's in there than Hoybier's in there. I'd rather not see either of them playing in there. Don't get me wrong. Like, starting games. But I still think Skip is a bit more on message um, than Pierre Mahoybier is. Pape Matassar, night to forget for him. It's, like, it's barely even like he played. You know, he was he was practically anonymous. Um, and that's a shame. I'm going to blame Hoybier again, <laughs> but you know, I've got a lot of love for Sartre and I think he's shown that he's, he's an amazing player and we need players like him. We need his thrust, um, on the pitch. I would have liked to have seen him start alongside GLSL. So, because why not? Let's give that a go. Um, but yeah, I'd like to forget for Sartre. Like I say, it felt like he was barely even present. Didn't really even feel like he was on the pitch. So, you know, is what it is. Deki, Dejan Kulisevsky, um grew into the game when everybody else grew into the game. But a subpar performance from him by his own high standards. Silly to give away that penalty. I think he sort of rattled himself a bit with that. 
to be brutally honest. Um, he played within himself a bit, even when we were getting back into the game later on. Um, he was misplacing a few passes. Was He had a couple of bits where he was wasteful in possession. He had that one nice bit when he cut in and had a shot. I want to see him do that more. You know, I know the, the shot sailed over, but I want to see more of that from, from Decky. We know that he he used to play with that kind of verve, didn't he? I've said verve a few times tonight, but he used to play with that verve. There you are. I'm saying it again. Someone look up some fucking synonyms for me. But he... Eccentricity. There we go. That electricity, that dynamism where he would cut in and just have a shot or try an ambitious pass. And it sort of disappeared from his game a little bit in the late era of Conte and the start of this um, time under Ange Postacoglu, he was being heralded more for his hard work than he was for his, you know, tenacious ability on the ball. But we are starting to see that back with Kulisevsky. So, look, he's a young player. I think we forget that sometimes. He's 23 years old. He steps up on plenty and occasion um, when we need somebody to. And today just wasn't his night. It was a night to forget, but, you know, these things happen. Brennan Johnson. I've sort of spoken about him at the top, haven't I? Maybe a bit of a a night to forget for him, but maybe not just a night, a bit of a period to forget for him, really, if we're being truthful about it. I think he's... He's not been himself for for a few weeks now, um, and I just think he needs what he needs is is a goal. I think he needs a goal. Really, he needs to slap one of those opportunities into the back of the net and get a bit of confidence back. A goal, or at least a performance when he's absolutely terrorised the opposition. When he's run at them, he's skinned the defenders. He's put on a couple of assists or whatever. He just needs a big performance, and I think that will hopefully get his head right again. And look, again, I always go on about this. We're not inside the player's head, so I'm always somewhat hesitant to be like, he's actually feeling this or he's feeling that. Because we don't know that. But from watching him, it feels like he's playing within himself a bit. That's what I would say. And that's where I kind of get that from. Um, Spurs Simpson says Johnson needs to take the fear of failure away from his game. Yeah, exactly that. That's... uh, that's how it feels, right? Um, yeah. Um, Son Hyun Min. Night to forget for him, really, as well. Um, I don't like him playing out on the left, but it is what it is. I think I just think when he plays on the left, it, if it's not going well for him, he gets completely cut adrift. Um, I think like let's just play him through the middle, but Sonny, you know, we're gonna miss him. Like we're gonna, Sonny's, you know, that's it now. He's going and it's bleak. It's bleak because he's just such a brilliant player. He's had such a good season. Um, he scored so many goals. I just you know, is what it is. Richarlison, he he did it. Like I say, he did a few all right things tonight. He was, he was, he had that one opportunity where he turned and 
shot. I think he had more time than he maybe thought he did. He kind of snatched at his shot a bit. He could have probably done better there. And this is kind of the point I make where I think of that an actually proper top class striker scores a goal in that sort of position. We kind of make excuses for Richarlison like, well, you know, he was snatching at it or I don't think he was anticipating it or, well, you know, he tries hard. That's fine. But Harry Kane scored those type of opportunities a lot of the time. And yes, he doesn't need to be compared to Harry Kane, but then let's have, say, like a knockdown version. Ivan Tony probably scores goals like that, right? Um, but... I don't want this to come across as like a real sort of dig out of Richarlison because I think he was all right tonight. I think he was actually one of the uh, one of the better players out there for us tonight. Um, greatest boss he's ever had says Richarlison isn't clinical enough for our style of play, and I agree with that. I, I do agree, with that. and I think that's been my point about uh, my point about Richarlison this whole time. Um, if we do get offered a decent amount of money for him in January, I'd take it. Um, there's a lot linking us with the Stuttgart lad, isn't there? He's got a minimum fee release clause. I'll be honest. I watched his uh, I watched his goals so far in the Bundesliga. Um, he, to me, he has the look of a player that absolutely bombs in the Premier League. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It just it feels like he's in a real hot streak. It looks. I, look, I've never, I've never. Is it Girassi? His name. Apologies for the pronunciation, but it looks like he's going through a bit of a spell where things are going his way. Um, but I don't, I don't think he looks. I don't know. He just looks. A little bit, I don't know, crap. Not crap, just sort of clumsy with his touch. His finishes are all a little bit. They're all just a bit Bundesliga. Do you know what I mean? They just kind of roll past the keepers. I do think the quality, like, the quality of the Bundesliga isn't that great, is it? Let's be honest. Um, Whatever, beers in the stadium, fan ownership, cheap tickets, all those things are brilliant. But the football quality, let's be real, is is not all that. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Uh, who came on? Gio Celso came on, had a good amount of time. I mean, gave away a penalty, pretty frustrating. But he was pretty decent in helping us maintain that pressure to attack as many times as we did in the closing stages of that game. I think it's a shame that he didn't start alongside Saar, but I've said that already. Um, so it does, I mean, a lot of people are very annoyed with him for giving away the penalty, and I get that. Um, and I'm a, often a pretty harsh crit- critic of Lacelso, but I think he was okay. I think he helped, like I say, to make us look all right in the closing stages of the game. Brian Hill, I think it was a bit of a mixed bag for Hill. Um I do think he worries opposition players until they suddenly realise he's not really doing anything. He kind of runs at them, does a couple of like feints, and then just generally sort of turns back or plays the ball inside. Most of his passes are pretty safe. Um, 
and he doesn't really ever seem to dribble past anybody. He sort of dribbles at them and makes them back off and makes them look a bit scared, but you know doesn't doesn't really do anything. But I don't dislike him. Still, I I don't I don't feel enough towards Brian Hill to say no, not going to work. Get him out of the team. I think he's okay. Um, and yeah, you know. That's that's sort of where I'm at with him. Um, Alejo Feliz, look, good moment for the for the young man coming on, getting his first goal in English football. It felt like a bit of a mishit, but you know, went in the back of the net. He was in the right position to capitalise on the ball coming to him. He got it there, and as I say, his touch and turn in the box, which nearly got him a second goal, was nice. It was promising. Um, and I think after he did get the goal, as is typical, he grew in confidence. And it felt like he was buzzing around the box a lot, trying to get on the end of things, trying to put himself forwards as an option for people to pass to. So, yeah, I think he's, he seems decent, but we don't really know enough about him. I was saying in the preview pod, what I would really like from Feliz now is to see him get a loan to an English team. Um, and that's not to sound Brexit or anything like that, but he's here to learn not just, you know, how to play in this Tottenham team, but also he's got to learn a whole new footballing culture. He's got to learn a whole new society as well. He's, you know, he's a, he's a young, young man moving halfway across the world to England. He needs to get used to that. I know it's all cliched shit, but he needs to get used to the weather. He needs to get used to all of it, the food, the customs, so let's keep him in England. If we can get him a championship loan, nice. Get him to a decent team in the championship where he's going to get some minutes, play some football, because um, he feels far too raw for the first team. That's what I'll say of him. Um, he seems far too raw for us right now. We really need some more options. We really need We need a centre-back. We need another midfielder and we need another attacker, whether that's a striker or, a, you know, a versatile kind of inside forward winger dash striker like Sonny is, kind of like Richarlison is a bit. Um, we need that. We need more backup there. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's an annoying one. It's an irritating evening, that one. It's, you know... It's just frustrating. Arsenal losing though, you know, it does, it does soften the blow. I'm sorry, softens the blow. Um, Hacker says, Arsenal pain is delicious, a delicacy. Grant Echo Sonic says, my hatred of Woolwich predates my love of Spurs, ironically enough. You know, like, it's uh, PG says, I'm stuffed after Christmas, but can still make room for an Arsenal defeat. Bang on, you know. Um, Tom Foynes, hello mate, says, I think it's mad we've made it this far into the season before seeing a performance like that, given how we played like that every week last season. Very true, mate. Very true. Um, I mean, we've seen that in, we've seen little glimmers of that, haven't we, in various different games, but 
nothing for a whole match really like that, barring, what, the last 10 minutes or so. So, is what it is. A frustrating one, a, a, a night to forget for Tottenham, but these happen from time to time, and we just got to hope that we can address some of these squad issues, and also, really, let's beat Bournemouth as well, because they look really good. Um, Arola's kind of got them going. They spent a lot of money. I spoke to Brighton lad at the start, uh, Brighton Bournemouth lad at the start of the season, um, and he was saying that they've actually spent a lot of money. They've had new owners come in. This sort of idea of it being a bit of a fairy tale or whatever is not true. They've got a good manager. Not he wasn't saying that. I'm sort of jumping in on what what was being said in that. You know they've got they've got a good manager in there now. They've got a, an ownership that wants to see them succeed, it wants to see them kick on. Um, they spent a, a fair amount of money this summer um, and we're starting to see that now. They're, they are in very, very good form, um, which is frustrating as we come into this game against them. But what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Um, we'll talk about that another day. For now, though, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube, if that's where you're watching it. Um, if you do, I've been sort of mentioning the pre-match preview. If you do want to listen to that, as well as all the other content that's on Patreon, patreon.com slash rtrpod. Um, if you're not tired of my voice by now. And even if you are, there's other people talking on that one as well. So um you can do that often i try to anyway on the previews as well get an opposition fan on speak to them about their club get a bit of a inside knowledge on what's going on blah 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 blah. you know um but yeah a frustrating one a night to forget but we've got a lot of good players to come back hopefully we're going to make a couple of signings is what it is isn't it sometimes these things happen you just have to get over it but I think we know we're on the right track and we know there's enough good stuff coming out of Spurs right now that we can be at least grateful and positive about the future under Ange Postacoglu. We might have lost tonight. We might have lost tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We might have lost tonight, but so did Arsenal. So fuck them. Up the Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Much love, everyone. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.